Lecture Three: The Wisdom of Buddhism, a detailed explanation on the relationship of the cosmic energies. From a holistic perspective, Buddhism is a wisdom system that has the most complete, detailed, and accurate description of the universe, ranging from the zero dimension to the nth dimension, and approaches infinity. Buddha, Sukhamuni. Expounded his teachings for over fourteen years, and he inspired the beings at various levels. He provided a detailed description of the beings at multiple levels. Let us first have a look at the definition of Buddha. In Buddhism, the Buddha is equivalent to complete, unsurpassed, and perfect enlightenment. This description. Matches exactly the cosmic wisdom of the nth dimension, and approaches infinity. It is the nth dimension, and approaches infinity, which could be regarded as unsurpassed. The complete, unsurpassed, and perfect enlightenment is a complete description of the entire cosmic wisdom. When the Sarangama Sutra discusses. The Tathagatagapa, the Tathagata store. It is actually discussing space. According to the sutra, there are three levels of Tathagatagapa. The first level is called the void Tathagatagapa. The second level is called non-void Tathagatagapa, and the third level is called non-non-void Tathagatagapa. How should one try to understand these three concepts? In their various spaces, the void, Tathagatagapa, refers to the nth dimension and approaches infinity. Being in this dimension, it has no appearance of any form. When n approaches infinity, it will surpass all intermediate levels. The word non means void or emptiness. Actually, includes all presence without omission. In Buddhism, the concept of voidness doesn't mean nothing. Actually, it includes everything, but it doesn't dwell on a single form. The non-void Tathagatagapa refers to the zero dimension. It represents the current moment. At this current moment, at one certain point in time and space, a mass point. Which does not occupy any space contains the information which has the connections among all the information in all wisdom system. This is called non-void Tathagatagapa. This is the law of cosmic holography, and the mass point is called the holographic point, which contains all existence. The non-non-void Tathagatagapa. Includes all dimensions from the fourth dimension to the n minus oneth dimension. It contains all levels of existence. When the third dimension is voided, it enters the fourth dimension, and the progress contains upwards. In each of the dimensions, each mass point at a certain moment can reach the nth dimension, and also the zero dimension. This is why I say Buddhism is a wisdom system 
which has the most complete, detailed, and precise descriptions of the universe. In Buddhism, there are two more important concepts which describe the entire space. The first one is Wu Lou, which means no leakage, the complete full coverage in a coordinate system from zero dimension to the nth dimension. Is called no leakage. It means that no message is left outside the system. It also contains the relationship among all information. The other concept is called infinite or measureless. It is also a description of the nth dimension and approaches infinity. There is another infinity which is at the zero dimension. This mass point. Contains measureless information, and the link among all this information. These two are the main characteristics of the term infinite, as described in Buddhism. I have previously mentioned that the single-dimensional space is a line, the two-dimensional space is a plane, a surface, while the three-dimensional space is a cube. There are different amounts of information. In different dimensional space, and the information embraces each other. But why is it that we human beings can only see the three-dimensional world, and we cannot see the world beyond the fourth dimension? The fourth dimensional space is the projection source of the three-dimensional world. If we want to see the projection source, namely beyond the fourth dimension, we would have to seek. Inwardly, through the concept of projection source, we already know that there are an infinite number of dots in a single-dimensional world, an infinite number of lines in a two-dimensional world, and an infinite number of planes in a three-dimensional world. We also know that with any increase of one dimension. There would be an infinite increase in the amount of information. It is like that in Buddhism, where there are many different levels of heavens. For example, the heavens of Mahabrahmana, Tayasthasa, Suti, Nimarati, Parinimati, Vasavati, etc. The difference between dimensions. Is like the difference between human and ant. That's why, through the concept of relative space, we are able to learn the highest realm levels of the Buddha, which is the difference between the wisdom of the ant's dimension and approaches infinity, and the knowledge of our three-dimensional space. Our three-dimensional knowledge, compared with the ant's dimensional wisdom, is basically nothing. Why? Because three over infinity equals zero. Four over infinity equals zero, and five over infinity equals zero. From this, a simple conclusion is that any number compared with infinity equals zero. Although this is a mathematical concept. It matches the concept stated in the Diamond Sutra: "All things contrived are like a dream, an illusion, a bubble, a shadow, a dewdrop, or lightning. One should have such a view."
if, when looking inward, we purify our minds, we can surpass obstacles and achieve the inner wisdom that is approaching infinity. Then, this formula becomes infinity over infinity equals one. This is the state of heaven and man integrated as one. 天人合一 a state of presence everywhere in all realms. Therefore, now it is not difficult to understand the meaning of heavens and men integrated as one. The level of comprehension of this concept, heaven and man integrated as one, exceeds one's level of understanding. Some would say. This concept explains the relationship between us and the limited universe, which is visible to us. This is far from the reality. Why? Because what we can see now doesn't exceed the three-dimensional world, but the relationship between us and the three-dimensional world is limited. The concept of heaven and man integrated as one, 天人合一 States the relationship of the existence between us and the fourth, fifth, up to the nth dimensional space, and approaches infinity. The holographic view of the universe, based on the concept of heaven and man integrated as one, is a holistic view of integrated cosmic information. Such holistic view enables us to see the universe as a grand picture. And see all the links and connections among all information in the universe. This then could be referred to as heaven and man integrated as one. When I try to understand Wu Lo, no leakage, infinite, and heaven and man integrated as one using the concept of space, I'm able to understand the great comprehension. I'm able to understand the great comprehensiveness of Buddhism. Now let's discuss the fundamental concept in Buddhism: dependent origination. Now let's discuss the fundamental concept in Buddhism: dependent origination. Some call it the conditioned genesis. As I explained before, matters in the lower dimensional world are the projected images of the matters in the higher dimensional world. The relationship between them, I have called it Yuan. The English rendering of Yuan is condition, connection, or affinity. All things that could be seen in our world are somehow connected with their projection source. The relationship among all people. Falls into the definition of Yuan, when the projection sources of relationships haven't eventualized in our three-dimensional world. I'd call it the immature affinity. When the conditions are ripe, namely when they meet on a point of time and space, I'd call it affinity eventualized. The word Yuan has been subtly and delicately used in Buddhism. Why? It has transcended our three-dimensional perceptions. It is hard to understand the difference between yuan and relationship. When we look vertically at the spatial difference, we would understand the relationship is be- between a projection source 
and its projected image. Why is the term Yuan used in Buddhism? In the three-dimensional world, time is a constant element, with a beginning and an end. In the four-dimensional space, time is a variant element; hence, nothing has a beginning or end. In Buddhism, as mentioned before, there is a term dependent origination. Existence depends on the Yuan. The Yuan is the connection between the projection source and the presence in the lower dimension. When I use this logic to explain dependent origination, I understand the rigor in the Buddhism wisdom. However, as human beings who live in this three-dimensional world, we always like to expect a beginning and an end in descriptions of the universe. So-called science is strongly upheld. By people in the three-dimensional world, as the truth, the biggest conceptual obstacle in our three-dimensional world is our perception of time. Namely, we take time as a constant element. Such view hinders our exploration of the micro world, as time cannot be split into small enough elements. In the smallest possible time frame. We could not precisely capture the spiritual. However, as human beings who live in this three-dimensional world, we always like to expect a beginning and an end in descriptions of the universe. So-called science is strongly upheld by people in the three-dimensional world. As the truth, the biggest conceptual obstacle in our three-dimensional world is our perception of time. Namely, we take time as a constant element. Such view hinders our exploration of the micro world, as time cannot be split into small enough elements. In the smallest possible time frame, we couldn't precisely capture. The spatial position of any micro matter. This is why we call the formation of electrons an electron cloud, which is subject to the uncertainty principle according to quantum physics. The uncertainty principle, first introduced in 1927 by the German physicist Werner Heidenberger, states that the more precisely the position of particle is determined. The less precisely its momentum can be predicted from its initial conditions, and vice versa. The obstacle preventing us from comprehending the macro world is the limitedness of time. Things that are one hundred light years away are not our concern. However, when time becomes a variant element, or the dimension is being raised. We could turn one second into one thousand years, a million years, or ten billion years. Matters happening in the micro world could then be explored clearly. We could also shrink ten thousand years into one minute and capture and pull the micro world's outer space right in front of us. This is called the folding of space. Imagine there is a piece of thread. And the tip of one end is point A, and the other end is point B. 
for an ant to travel. For an ant to travel from point A to point B on the stretched flight line would take a certain period of time. If the thread is folded in the middle, and point A and point B become overlapped, an ant could reach from point A to point B in no time. This is the so-called folding of space. The folding of space could only happen in a higher dimension of space. In some literary fiction, teleportation is often described. They see it as traveling through a space tunnel or wormhole, which is merely terminology to explain the situation of space movement, or when time becomes a variant element in a fourth or higher dimension of space. What is dependent origination and voidness is its nature in Buddhism. Nature is original nature or essence. The form of an object in a three-dimensional world is related to the energy in a four-dimensional space. This rule applies to the relationship between a lower dimension and its immediate higher dimension. In other words, the nature of the energy in a higher dimension determines its presence in the intermediate lower dimension. Ultimately, the nature of the energy in the nth dimension and approaches infinity determines the form in the n minus one dimension. When one achieves voidness in the three-dimensional world, they can enter the fourth-dimensional space. This rule applies all the way up to the n minus one dimension. When n dimension is achieved and approaches infinity, the nature of the dimension is the nature of voidness. It doesn't mean in this state that there is nothing. On the contrary, it means that there is everything, and all things exist in it. This description, namely the Buddhist's description, reflects the energy relationship between all various levels, and at the same time, it reflects the highest wisdom by using the term dependent origination. And voidness is its nature, and n's dimension and approaches infinity is a projection source of all things, and the presence of n's dimension is the very origin of dependent origin, the realm of truth, but only one truth, because in the n minus one dimension there can be an infinite number of projections. Therefore, what we see, what we think, and feel. All falls into the energy relationship, and they are all false images. The true image has no form, but even though it does not appear in any form, it contains all the basic conditions of all forms. There is another important concept called the law of causality. The usual explanation provided for the law of causality in the past is somewhat not very convincing. I like to use a simple way to explain, namely the law of action and reaction in physics. When I knock on the table, the harder I knock, the more pain my hand will feel. This is the law of action and reaction in the three-dimensional world. However, in the four-dimensional world, time is a variant element. Even though 
and actions. Force still brings a response of the same strength in opposite direction. The reaction time may not be simultaneous. Opportunities exist in the lives of all people. If a person who's in the process of developing his career is provided with an important opportunity, but he's in a bad mood, and he didn't take on the opportunity. Or he didn't have the capability to take advantage of the opportunity, he would miss it, even if he could identify it. Due to his bad mood, he might only be able to use only twenty to thirty percent of his potential, or he might not be able to identify the opportunity. On the contrary, if a person is happy and cheerful and positive, he may easily identify the opportunity. And take it on. Furthermore, he may act better than his usual performance. This example tells us the importance of having a good mood, especially at critical moments for success. We know it is difficult for one to keep having a good mood all the time. It is a task for self-cultivation. One could use psychological measures to achieve mental balance and maintain a positive attitude. Life experience would also help one to achieve mental balance. For those setbacks or failures that we have not yet encountered, how could we still maintain a positive attitude? Mental power, specifically the mental strength that comes from understanding the law of causality, accessing the law of causality is a fast way to navigate out of any negative situation or setback. Why is this? Usually, when people face disastrous situations and do not have a correct understanding of the law of causality, they will keep complaining. They complain that they are so unfortunate. On the contrary, those who have a very good understanding of the law of causality would reflect on the possible causes in the past. They would be of the view. That current misfortune results from karmic debt from the past. Imagine how you could, would feel after you've paid off long due debt. You could come out of the setback swiftly. You would not feel sad. You would, on the contrary, feel very relieved. Through an understanding of the law of causality, the wisdom in Buddhism. One could achieve a quick turnaround in a negative situation and could maintain a positive state. The law of causality is not a passive action. On the contrary, it is a reminder in each moment of life to reflect, to adjust, and to change one's wrong attitude. Another concept full of wisdom in Buddhism is the description of the existence of space and time in our universe. The term used is the illusionary amalgamation of the four great elements, 四大假合 All forms of matter in the three-dimensional world, our body included, are illusionary amalgamation of the four great elements, namely earth, water, fire, and wind. These four elements, in this perspective. 
are not what are suggested by the names in our common understanding. They represent the level of freedom of energy. The earth element has, for example, the lowest level of wisdom. I describe it as a relatively stable status of energy interference and imaging. Water, being in the form of liquid, flows and has more wisdom when and has more freedom when compared with solid earth. Fire is in a state of burning. It is visible and can be felt, and has more freedom than water. Wind represents the air, the turbulence, and has more freedom than fire. There is a gradual increase in the level of freedom in these four great elements, and they have been described as the four basic elements in the world of form. In Hinduism, they use five elements, namely earth, water, fire. And wind and space, or emptiness, to describe the universe. The description of space matches the ether named by Aristotle. In Buddhism, the aforementioned four great elements form matter in space. To explore further, space is actually the voidness, an energy status. For entering a higher dimensional world, in Taoism, qi is used to describe the energy. In its traditional Chinese form, qi is with the word rice underneath. As the interface between the third and the fourth dimensions, the character for qi is qi plus fire, but with the word fire underneath. This interface states. Is the quantum state in modern science? Going further up, we encounter another qi written in the form of that, which reflects the genuine qi, the high-dimensional energy. What is the genuine qi? It is the projection source, and the essence of things is closely related to our body, and to the entire energy field in the universe. I will elaborate on this in the next lecture. When talking about the relationship of Buddhism in science, there is another very important topic we must cover here in this lecture: the concept of form and emptiness. Previously, I mentioned that the fundamental existence in the universe is the sine wave, which is an energy wave. When two sine waves meet, and when they have the same am amplitude, and When they have the same amplitude and frequency, interference will occur at a specific location in space. The result is that there would be increased oscillations in some spaces, and in other spaces, the energies will be offset and will create an alternative dark and bright interference fringe. This interference stripes created. But the two energies will create the form. When there is no interference, no forms will be created, and this stage is called emptiness. In the Heart Sutra, we read that form is emptiness, emptiness is form, 
emptiness is no other than form. Form two is no other than emptiness. Further, they are not defiled. They are not undefiled. They are not deficient, and they are not complete. No more will be created if a form has been created, and no less will be deleted if no form has been created. The Heart Sutra continues to say, likewise, feelings, perceptions, mental formations, and consciousness are all empty. Each of the feelings, perceptions, mental formations. And consciousness shows a function of the energy. Yet these types are not in existence in any form, and each is related to the concept of energy. We also read from the Diamond Sutra: One should give rise to the mind without dwelling on anything. The mind here means a deeper consciousness. When compared with deep consciousness, surface consciousness is an obstacle. For example, when I raise a piece of paper in front of my eyes, a two-dimensional object, it will block the link between me and the three-dimensional world. When I remove this piece of paper, I will see the items in a three-dimensional world, in which there's boundless information. Likewise. Only when I eliminate attachment and consciousness in the three-dimensional world can I achieve four-dimensional wisdom. The essence of all spiritual cultivation is to eliminate wandering thoughts, to let go and become empty. When letting go of the three-dimensional world and becoming empty in it, a general emptiness of the three-dimensional world is formed. And it will create the formation named Miaoyou, the subtle existence in the fourth-dimensional space. When combined, it is called the subtle existence in the genuine emptiness. The same applies to higher dimensions' progress until the nth dimension and approaches infinity. The alternative presence of the genuine emptiness and the subtle existence is spontaneous. When we do not attach to any single dimension, we can enter the higher dimensions in the realm. The detachment is called without dwelling on anything. The mind here is the true mind, the true essence of one's nature. There are many high-dimensional practices and cultivations in Buddhism, such as the scriptures test and the mantras. There will be the energy associated with the text in our secular world wherever there is a text. The reason is that each form is a presence of the objective image of energy in our three-dimensional world from the projection source. The same applies to the text of Buddhist scriptures, for example, the Diamond Sutra, and the text just quoted. When I read the scripture. Which is a projection of n-dimensional world and approaches infinity. I resonate and oscillate with the high-level energy. This is a high-dimensional practice and cultivation. Buddhist mantras have the same power. Mantras are sound energy from the high-dimensional world, 
when I chant a mantra. My consciousness resonates and oscillates with the high-level energy. There are various mantras in different dimensional worlds, and the nature of the energy is different. Such mantras would have different power in our three-dimensional world to resolve and clustered to resolve the clustered and entangled energies. Both Buddhist scriptures and mantras have very high-level energy. I'd like to give you another example. We are all familiar with the mantra Amitabha in the practice of the Pure Land School of Buddhism. When this word Amitabha is translated, it means infinite light and infinite life. To adopt this saying in the scientific context, I would say the infinite light is the cosmic energy from the nth dimensional universe and approaches infinity. While the infinite life is the biggest energy wave in the universe, when I chant the mantra Amitabha, I'm resonating my body with the energy. In doing so, I'm consolidating the imperfect waves in and around me. This is like power line communication technology through which I can put all kinds of energies and waves in a bundle, regardless of their nature. I think it resonates with what is called reaching pure land, with residue karma in pure land Buddhism. The abundance and profundity of Buddhism, when read with scientific logic, can inspire in enormous ways. Each Buddhist scriptures, such as the Heart Sutra, or the Diamond Sutra. Or the Platform Sutra of the Six Patriarchs warrants independent research. With the introduction of scientific logic, we'd be able to explore and interpret more of these scriptures.